0: Welcome to Live well Talk on Mailbag. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. The Mailbag is a segment of the podcast where we take time to answer questions that are submitted from listeners. And with Heart Month presenting itself as well as Valentine's Day, it is appropriate that we are discussing heart issues or cardiac issues on today's mailbag. So wishing everybody a happy Valentine's Day. Our first question is from Carrie. What is the link between cholesterol and heart disease? How can I lower my cholesterol levels to lower my heart disease risk? Well, what happens is, let's think about heart disease. So you have a pipe, which is a blood vessel, a cardiac blood vessel, and cholesterol plaque builds up. And if you have high cholesterol, that the higher the cholesterol, it will build, build up. And then the shear forces of high blood pressure, the uh, the effects of nicotine on that plaque cause that plaque to rupture And just like when you cut yourself shaving, it starts to form a blood clot when it exposes that endothelium, the lining of the blood vessel. And then that's when a heart attack occurs. So for patients that want to prevent that, we want low blood pressure, don't smoke, cholesterol-lowering agent, which is the simvastatins, the HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors, or the, quote, statins, in quote, uh, which have not only the effect of lowering the cholesterol, but they also make the plaque smooth and prevent it from rupturing. And then also we take an aspirin or some sort of antiplatelet to make the blood less sticky so that clot doesn't form when that plaque ruptures. So the way to lower your cholesterol one is a low cholesterol diet Um, here in Cedar Rapids. We have General Mills. We make Honey Nut Cheerios, uh, but regular Cheerios are a great source of uh, low cholesterol diet. Um, And uh, uh, likewise, but for the most part, patients to get it low enough, they have to take a medication. You want the bad cholesterol. You hear that uh, term. You want that below one hundred. Now you can raise your good cholesterol by exercise, and uh, certainly not smoking would also be a benefit to having uh, a lower risk of heart disease. Great question. Our next question is from Joe. I had some symptoms like fatigue and chest pain that go away with rest, but my stress test came back normal. Luckily, my cardiologist proceeded a heart cath and found blocked arteries. Is this a common occurrence for stress test to come back normal even though there is an issue? can there also be a false positive yes and yes that can happen and particularly i don't know what kind of heart test you had whether it's a stress test a nuclear medicine test and what can happen there is you take a picture of the heart at baseline and then you take a picture of the heart with exercise and if the there is balanced coronary artery disease right so there's blockages in multiple vessels then the rest picture and the stress picture may have a similar appearance because it's symmetrical, and and that does happen. And that's why cardiologists, one, they take your whole story into account and they really listen to the symptoms. If you remember, we had Doctor Long on who his podcast aired of recent uh, during Heart Month here. That that the history, taking the history from the patient, the patient describing what is happening, was more important to him than tests than testing. You know the testing confirms your suspicion so my feeling is your cardiologist was on top of it had a suspicion and kept pursuing till they got that answer there are times that you get false positives uh you can have spasm of the coronary blood vessels that that may give a false positive uh, so you see uh what appears to be an asymmetry or a blockage and indeed it's not uh it doesn't happen i think we're getting better at doing stress test maybe it doesn't seem like it happens as much as i've seen it happen in the past the good thing is, Joe, that you got the, the the care that you needed. Our next question is from Abby. My mother suffers from high blood pressure and other heart issues. Her cardiologist has warned her about getting the virus and has instructed her to take precaution when going out and about. In your opinion, what is the impact of COVID-19 on heart disease, high blood pressure, and other heart issues? Will these patients ever lead a normal life? Well, there was a study done with, uh, just published, I just read it this week, and I have it my, right in front of me. Um, that they found that during the short-term acute illness of COVID, that there's inflammatory uh, inflammation in the body that can cause heart-related blood clots and heart attacks, et cetera, as well as strokes, and and we've known that. But they also found that beyond the acute phase, there was uh, 12 months out, there is still a burden of cardiovascular disease that might translate into a larger number, potentially having heart issues, even though they've had COVID. So, your cardiologist is right. Uh, it, you want to minimize your exposure to COVID because it could accelerate or cause cardiac problems. With as we've gone out a year now, this study was limited on some uh, limitations. It was the VA uh, Veterans Administration, and it was computer report run. Uh, that's for the most part. Uh, that's white males are a majority of the military uh, veterans association. So there, that there may be some limitations there as far as. Uh, Uh, male, female, and uh, ethnic characteristics of that data. But it does stress that COVID may have an impact on patients' health beyond uh, beyond the acute illness. I think these patients can certainly live a normal life as long as they continue to modify those risk factors for heart disease. And the most strong one is that you um, reduce uh, smoking as well as control uh, obesity and high blood pressure. Remember, we talked about like heart disease family history of heart disease is like an unloaded revolver, not necessarily dangerous, but you start to make it really dangerous when you start adding bullets to the chamber of diabetes, hypertension, smoking, uh, et cetera. So uh, minimize those risk factors and you'll be good to go. Our last question is from Danielle. What determines when a person requires artery cleaning measures, angioplasty, shockwave therapy, things we've talked about versus open heart surgery? I think the best way to describe that, and this has changed a little bit over the years, but uh, so after they would put a stent in, there's a possibility that it can close off. So if you're putting a stent in and it's in an area there's no collateral circulation, those are the patients that go for bypass surgery. And the, historically, that has been patients that have the left main, the main uh, left coronary artery coming off the aorta uh, has, if that. Occlusion of that is prior to when it starts to bifurcate into the other coronary blood vessels, that that, that would be something you'd have to bypass. Uh, sometimes patients have such small disease that uh, stenting is preferable. Uh, and uh, also patients may be at high risk to have a stent place for whatever reason. And the open heart surgery is the the better alternative. But the, the main reason is that it's the proximity uh, to the coronary vessel is so close that you can't uh, if you stent that there's a risk of occluding uh, prior to that where it splits off and feeds the heart and if you have significant blockages both on the left and the right uh, you can't stent both those at the same time because there's a risk of one or both of them occluding right rare but it could happen and so sometimes those are patients they choose to do bypass surgery on uh, over the years we've done less bypass surgery but we're still doing them dr whitey had two cases today i saw that on the schedule. Uh, and so they, they do occur in the appropriate patients. That's all for the mailbag today. If you'd like to submit a question in the mailbag, go to upoint.org backslash mailbag, common spelling of mailbag, M A I L B A G. I'll answer questions about COVID 19, latest technologies, previous podcasts, uh, answer questions that maybe have been in the recent news. Happy to answer anything that is submitted. Uh, but note mailbag is not an alternative to personal health care. Those issues should be addressed with your primary care clinician. Uh, And and if in an emergency, uh, go to the nearest emergency room. If the emergency room is not near you, then 911. Once again, you can submit your questions to me at unipoint.org backslash mailbag. That's unipoint.org backslash mailbag, M-A-I-L-B-A-G. I I look forward to hearing from you, our amazing listeners. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers, about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.